0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. I can tell you that. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from a man named Jeff Simmons. Uh, He's on Twitter at B2B Jeff. I appreciate that. And let's see what he does. He is at Funnel Boss, radically simple funnels for B2B sales and marketing pros, whatever that means. And let's see what the quote is. Okay. Okay. Where else can you find your customers, prospects, partners, suppliers, competitors and thought leaders talking about key topics and trends in your industry. If you're not using LinkedIn groups, you're missing out. What a great quote, and that tells you what we're going to be talking about here today on Changing the Game with Social Selling Radio. So let's do a little more dive into the topic. LinkedIn is today's primary B2B targeted relationship building social selling tool. Let me stop there. That's a mouthful. So many keywords. Relationship building is what we're going to focus on. Social selling tool. That's what you're going to have to need and that's what we're going to be talking about. What's the big deal? It helps your salespeople find, qualify, and close prospects. And isn't that why you hired them? Of course it is. Why do we say it's social? Because when you're building these relationships, you're starting a foundation of trust You're giving good content, you're answering customers and prospects' questions online, and you want them to think of you as a valued resource along their buying journey. No, you don't want them to think of you as somebody standing there with a cash register saying, buy from me, buy from me. That's not what it's all about. So question on the table today is, are your salespeople optimizing Or are they underutilizing? Or I'm going to even add, are they ignoring? Ooh, LinkedIn's powerful social tools. We have a panel of experts. They're going to share some tips and tricks for advanced social sellers. But those of you who are new... Don't go away. We'll have a lot of information for you, too. And we might even get a preview of some upcoming tools coming to LinkedIn. So, welcome again, the expert speaking. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Let me tell you who my three experts are today. You're in for a real treat. In just a moment, I'll be introducing you to a newcomer to Game Changers Radio. She is Aka. Petren Costa. She is a customer success manager at, no surprise, LinkedIn. That's why she's here. This is our topic. Joining her is Bryn Tillman, who's been on Game Changers with us many times. She is the CEO at a company called Social Sales Link. She's got all the keywords in that title. And rounding out the panel is another regular on Game Changers, Phil Lurie. He's a vice president of sales technology at SAP. So welcome to the three of you. Let's go around the table to Aka Pentran Costa, and Aka has sent us a quote from Alicia Keys. Aka, I think this is the first time Alicia Keys has, quote-unquote, been on a game-changer show. So good for you. Okay. Uh, Alicia Keys, I didn't know her real name. Well, she's a kid. She was born in 1981. Professionally, we call her Alicia Keys, but her real name is Alicia Augello, A-U-G-E-L-L-O, cook, American singer, songwriter, pianist, music producer, philanthropist. Seriously, she was composing songs as a classically trained pianist at the age of 12. Columbia Records signed her at the age of 15. Her number one hot Billboard 100 hit Fallen, so 12 million copies and got five Grammy Awards in 2002. She is a mega, mega success. And by the way, her album, first live album, Unplugged, made her the first female to have an. TV unplugged album debut at number one wow here's the quote Akka has selected everything you want to be you already are you're simply on the path to discovering it Akka welcome to game changers how are you and thanks for the great quote thank you very much I'm really excited to be here and um, yeah
2: Anisha Keith has been a very inspiring lady um, she's broken glass ceilings quite um, in quite a few different places so.
1: Thanks for letting me share this. Well, I'm delighted. And let's relate it to our topic. We're talking today about relationship building. I'm calling this episode, Akka, Social Selling and LinkedIn Relationships 101. And just so everybody knows, Akka works at LinkedIn, but we're not advertising for LinkedIn on the show. We're talking about how it's one of the main social selling tools that should be in your toolbox, your arsenal, your selling kit, however you want to term it. So, Aka talking about relationship buildings, how does the Alicia Keys quote relate? I want our listeners to know how you put this all together for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I think about relationship building, especially in the sales sales world um, that we're focusing on today, Uh, we are always thinking about how best to engage with our um, clients, with our customers. And when you think about um, what is missing, we always identify the gaps and say, well, we can't really change this because uh, what I really want to get to, I'll need one, two, three, four, five things. And if I think about um, this particular quote, you actually – uh, just kind of have to take a step back and say, you've got all the information. All you have to do is change the parameters of your search and you find exactly what you're looking for. So just taking serendipity out of it a little bit and applying exactly what you've got on your doorstep and um, creating creating kind of
1: an advanced set of filters to help you get exactly who you want Very, very interesting. I like the way you related that to the the topic. Aka, something we often get from people learning about social selling, of course, we're talking not only to newbies, but to a world of very experienced social sellers today, they ask... How much time is it going to take me to do all this? You say tweak the parameters of your search. Is this something that takes hours, takes days, takes minutes? How fast can somebody become once they get the hang of it? Just a a quick. Let's start with a tip for our listeners. How much time do you need to invest in doing that tweaking, Akka?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, if you're a new uh, if you're a new player to the game of social selling, um, digital selling relationship-based selling, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Give yourself a little bit of time uh, and kind of figure out what parameters or tweaks you need to apply to, uh, to set yourself up correctly for, for the kind of upcoming few months. But otherwise, this should become daily practice. Um, you, you take... The amount of time you take to brush your teeth is a standard kind of every day. So give yourself a few uh, minutes on a daily basis, whether it's 10 minutes every morning to go through what's happening in your accounts world, or whether it is um, 30 minutes at the end of your day or during your commute. Just give yourself a set amount of time on a daily basis. Um, It doesn't have to
1: be more than 10 to
2: 15 minutes a day.
1: Thank you very much. That certainly puts it in perspective because everybody's busy, but I have a sense that it's worth investing a lot more when you're starting out because this is going to be your bread and butter. This is going to be where it's coming from. Akka, delighted to have you on the show and thank you. I know you're somewhere you around much. the world from where I am, so we're going to find out in a few minutes where you are and what you're doing. So hang on tight. And now let me welcome our second guest, Bryn Tillman. If anybody wants to look her up, B R Y N N E, Tillman, T I L L M A N, at Social Sales Link. And Bryn has sent us a quote from the woman. I didn't even know her real name, actually. Um, uh, Brynn. I didn't know... Oprah. That's who we're talking about. I didn't know that she was born into poverty in rural Mississippi to a teenage single mother and raised in inner city Milwaukee. But she certainly has achieved so much. She was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama in 2013. She has received honorary doctorate degrees from Duke and Harvard, seriously. And mm-hmm. she, her talk show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, was yes. the highest rated TV program of its kind in history. She's called the queen of all media, she was the richest African-American of the 20th century, and North America's first multi-billionaire black person, ranked as the greatest philanthropist in American history. Brin, can you believe everything that this woman has achieved? And she was born in 1954, seriously? Amazing. She's amazing. Amazing. That she does. And you yeah. know what? I, I'm going to read the quote in just a second, but if you think about it, Bryn, Oprah has used, well, they call it confessional TV, reality TV. She's found a way to sell people socially on being part of something bigger than themselves. And people, isn't that true? And she, people love what she did, what she helped them become. And her giveaways on TV, of course, are legendary. Let me read the quote. (laughs) What we dwell on is who we become. Great Oprah Winfrey quote. Bryn Tillman, welcome back. How have you been? Oh, well, Bonnie, I'm so thrilled to be back. You are so dear. Talk to me about this. Did you tell me the truth? Did you sit and watch Oprah on TV every day when she had the Oprah Winfrey show on network TV, Bryn?
3: Well, as soon as I could DVR things, I did say some things, unfortunately, or for, you know, working, you don't, you know, I get to see it all the time. But I did see enough of them that uh, I really fell in love with her, a lot of what she does To better human beings is what I love. But this particular quote, what we dwell on is who we become, whether it was Oprah or anyone else, uh, is a powerful quote because I believe that our mindset, especially when we're in sales, but anywhere in our world, is vital to our success. So, you know, I look at this, if you dwell on, no one will pay the price for this product or service, it's too expensive, or... My competition is better, stronger, faster, or I'm worried about competition. And then that becomes all the obstacles in our way. We create that in our lives. So dwelling on what we want is so much more productive than dwelling on what we're afraid
0: of.
1: I like that. And so many of us do dwell on what we're afraid of. So very well put. Let me ask you a question. We we were talking with Akka about habits. I'm trying to establish, I promised Bryn, tips and tricks and strategies when I opened the show. So we have to keep doing that for our our global audience here. But when you are trying to become a social seller and if you embrace everything that LinkedIn has to offer – Will you become, if you dwell on it, and you do, Akka said, you might not need more than 15 minutes a day. What if you devote 40, f- four, four hours a day when you start? What if half of your so-called eight-hour workday, I'm saying to myself, seriously, Bonnie, anybody, has a, anybody actually only has an eight-hour workday anymore? Not me, not you. But but the mm-hmm. point is, if you dwell on Becoming an expert, becoming savvy, becoming sharp, really doing it well and getting those habits and practices to become second nature to you. Will you become that expert you want to be, Bryn? Well, so I look at it like a gym membership in in some
3: ways. So if you just show up every day and you randomly use, you know, equipment and you don't really have a plan then you're really not going to get out of it. It's just random acts of doing stuff, right? But if you come in and you know today is leg day and today is arms day and today we're doing aerobics and you have a plan for yourself, you are going Mm -hmm. to lose weight, get in shape, get fit, all that fun stuff. So that's sort of how I look at LinkedIn. If you have a plan... And everyone's going to have a little different plan. I have between 8 and 15 things people should be doing every single week, depending on what they want to do. Uh, and You can pound it out in, in some cases 20 minutes if you're only looking to brand yourself. In some cases it could be, you know, uh, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. I typically do a lot of my LinkedIn work in the evening with, like, the sports teams behind me where I'm barely watching but it's on, and I get my LinkedIn stuff done. So everyone has a different, what what I like is everyone should do it in the way that it's most productive for them, but they need to have a plan. And if they have a plan that starts with their KPIs and goals, so we understand what you want to achieve from this, and then you have a plan that builds up into it, then they will see success, just like anything. Almost all methodologies out there will work if you do it consistently and you do it well.
1: Thank you very much. Do it consistently and do it well. And that's what we're trying to help people do. Thank you, Bryn. We'll find out a little more about what you've been up to recently when we get to the What's in Your Cup segment. So thanks again for coming back, and thanks for saying you're thrilled because we're thrilled too. And now let's go to <laughs> Phil Lurio's waiting so patiently. Phil is a VP of Sales Technology at SAP. He's been on many shows with us over the past couple of years. Phil, I think this is Season 4 of the Social Selling Series, and you work with uh, our colleague Kirsten Boylow based in Waterloo, Canada, and she sponsors this series. Phil has sent us a quote from a time-honored poem, I'll call it, penned by somebody named Lewis Carroll. His real name was Reverend Charles Lutwig Dodgson. Let me just read a little bit of Excuse me, I'm all choked up because I remember so much about this from from younger days, Phil. Let me just read a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's a poem that appeared in the book Through the Looking Glass, published back in December 1871. Talk about a look back through history. Here we go. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, and why the sea is boiling hot, and whether pigs have wings, and that was a narrative poem by Lewis Carroll, and it was recited in Chapter 4 by Tweedledum and Tweedledee to Alice in Through the Looking Glass. Phil, I'm almost in tears. It's such a beautiful, beautiful poem and a beautiful quote. How are you, Phil Lurie?
0: I'm
4: great. Actually, it was The Walrus and the Carpenter, There's the poem. It wasn't Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Uh, Actually, yeah, Tweedledum and Tweedledee got in there. Uh,
1: They're the ones uh, who said it to Alice in the in the book, Through the Looking Glass. But, the, right, The Walrus and the Carpenter is the title of the poem. And right, I, right, exactly. I, I printed out the whole thing, so, and it, it's just beautiful. So Go ahead. Why did Charles you pick Charles this Dobson.
4: today? So Charles Dobson uh, was a mathematician also. He's, he's famous as a mathematician. And I like the idea that, first of all, uh, when I talk about uh, the way people are uh, learning social selling, which we also call digital media, as Aka uh, said, a couple of different things, uh, I realized that what what's valuable today is is still the long lasting values. People buy from people they trust. That's always been the case, and the technologies might have changed. So, what's old is new again. And the other part of it was that since he was a mathematician, he also showed a great deal of whimsy in writing something. And I like it. The fact I like the fact that uh, I myself am I'm a nerd or was a nerd, and here I can get to be a little bit more whimsical. And uh, here's how we can <laughs> reach out to our customers. Using a little bit more creativity, so it's not just uh, you know selling a product or service. It's also um, reaching out as a human being and being a little bit more human, as it were. And uh, that's one of the keys, I think, to social uh, social success: uh, the, your humanity. So uh, that's why I picked Loose Carol.
1: Well, I was delighted. I when I read it, I was thinking of Jabberwocky as well. Do you remember Jabberwocky, Phil? Yep. Yep. Well, I'm I. I uh, like the Cheshire Cat. Yes, absolutely. And and Ooh, the interesting out. thing about the Walrus and the Carpenter is it actually has a very sad ending where the Walrus and the Carpenter take the oysters out on a midnight stroll when the sun and the moon were shining over mm-hmm. the sea, and at the end they eat all the oysters. <laughs> and that, that's, but it's a very long poem, and we could probably spend half of the show. Doing it, just one more line here, the walrus and the carpenter walked on a mile or so and then they rested on a rock conveniently low, and all the little oysters stood and waited in a row. And that's that's the, that's the lead-in to, oh my goodness, it wasn't a restaurant, they're eating oysters on the beach. What can I tell you? Phil, thank you very much. Good insights and love the poem. Akka, we're going to circle back to you, and it's time for a little part of the show where we get to know our panelists a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you three things. Number one, where are you in the world today? Num- and a funny thing is, Akka, when I ask some panelists, I say, oh, I'm working from my home office. And I say, but where, where is it? Is it up in the sky somewhere? What, what city? What part of the world is it? So we'd love to know where in terms of a location you are. Uh, we'd like to know, well, what is your favorite drink in the whole wide world that really makes you smile? I'm looking at your beautiful picture here. What makes you smile and love what you do? Because I can tell you do. And number three, what is your role at LinkedIn? So Aka Petra and Costa, talk to me.
2: Hello again, um, I am in London, uh, United Kingdom, and as it happens, I'm actually in the SAP office this afternoon, um, so I'm, I'm coming to you live from your SAP headquarters in London. <laughs> very um, nice. It's a fantastic office, yeah, it's a fantastic office, um, very light and airy, it's lovely, and um, you asked me what my favorite drink was that puts a massive smile on my face is a very well-brewed cup of coffee. Uh, I'm a sucker for good beans, good coffee, and an absolutely nicely made cup of coffee will light up my day and back me off brilliantly.
1: Lovely. So, and by the way, do you have a favorite flavor of coffee, a favorite brand? Do you take it dark? Do you put anything? Uh, just give us a little, little more flavor about how you love yeah, your coffee.
2: Um I like I like my coffee black, and I really do enjoy a good uh, Brazilian uh, coffee bean. So, favourite coffee beans are more uh, the kind of, I guess, smaller uh, producers in the UK. But they there's some very very excellent Brazilian uh, brands that have that beautiful um,
1: kind of nutty uh, toasty taste to it um, that that kind of grabs me. Very nice. Thank you very much. I'm with you on that. And now tell us, what do you do at LinkedIn? I have here that your title is Customer Success Manager. Sounds like a very broad title. What do you do? Yeah.
2: Um, beneath the broad title, what I really end up doing is making sure that our customers who purchase Sales Navigator, are uh, enterprise customers as, uh, similar to SAP, uh, I make sure that um, your team has all the resources and the skills needed to make the sales uh, salespeople successful in using it. Um, I always say that uh, LinkedIn and uh, the particular product that I work with, sales navigator within it, is a way to, uh, means to an end. Uh, it is a means to get the right leads and contacts you need uh, to sell to the company and as a sales rep, that's what you—that's uh, what you need at the end of the day. So I make sure that our mm-hmm. companies have all the resources they need to be able to train their teams.
1: Do you love what you do? Do you like watching people go through that learning curve and really master it, Aka? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, there, there's always a tipping point when it comes to um, when it comes to kind of the learning curve, as you will, and um, you know, kind of finding out what each person's aha moment is can be absolutely thrilling. For somebody, it could have been something as simple as, I've been trying to get this person for three months and two searches, and I found their name, and that's an aha moment. For somebody else, it might have been um, the fact that they closed their sales deal within three days instead of the usual
1: three months it might take. So, yeah. Finding that aha moment with my customers is why I love my job. Thank you very much. And that's why we're happy to have you here sharing your wisdom. And now let's go around the table to Bryn Tillman. Bryn, talk to me. Where are you in the world today? What do you love to drink? And what is Social Sales Link? Ah,
3: so thank you very much. Um, I, I may be repeating myself because I'm completely addicted to Hint, Apple Hint water, which oh. I believe I was yeah, I, I, I just—it's zero calories, but it's just amazing. So that's what I'm drinking. I'm—I know I did this backwards. I'm in <laughs> the, the Philadelphia suburbs, drinking my hint water. And Social Sales Link is a social selling firm that helps sales teams leverage LinkedIn even better. So everything uh, Asa said about Sales Navigator is amazing. We often take it a step further and talk about how do you get more warm introductions? How do you leverage your clients? So once you find those people, what is the messaging to help you reach out to those people and ask for warm introductions and referrals? And how do you have a conversation with a networking partner around the people that they know that you've recognized on LinkedIn in a way that makes them comfortable to introduce you? So you gain access to all of those stakeholders to a playbook that we helped put together.
1: Very nice. I, I just was recently introduced to the term warm introduction, brand. I don't know why I wasn't aware of it, but I was a guest on somebody else's radio show on Sunday, and I said to him, I'm looking for authors for my personal radio show I do on Monday nights on a different channel called Read My Lips Radio, mostly new self-published authors. And I said, I'm looking for some sources. And he said, I know a lot of people. I will make warm introductions. And emails started arriving. I know this is off our topic of LinkedIn but I think it's the same concept. Email started arriving where he would introduce a person and tell me all about why he enjoyed working with them and what, what they could offer. And then he, he wrote a paragraph about me and told them why he was making the introduction. And then he said, okay, the two of you get together. And it worked like a charm. Within 24 hours, I had booked another five guests on my show. So that's a good example, right, of a warm intro- a very warm introduction.
3: Yeah, and, and so here's the thing, though. Most salespeople are uncomfortable if they don't know exactly how to do that. So, mm. you know, your your friend, had, that's, they had a playbook, right? We knew yes. following a very specific way to make those instructions. So we do that leveraging LinkedIn. The interesting thing is he spent the time to figure out who you knew. But here's what happens typically in the world is, Someone that might be very happy to make those introductions can't think about who it is you want to meet. And on LinkedIn, you have the ability to search your connections connections to identify who they know. Mm-hmm. You can actually serve them a list of eight or ten people that may turn into three to five warm introductions. And yeah, that's the
1: power. That's the power. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Good to to talk about this real world stuff. Phil Lurie, we're going around the table to you. And by the way, panel, we're skipping the break and we just want to dive into the round table. So we'll do that after Phil. Phil, where are you today? What do you love to drink? And what's up with you?
4: Well, I'm in lovely Paramus, New Jersey, which is a suburb of New York City to the northwest and uh, working out of my home office as I usually do. And uh, glad Aka enjoys our London office. I've heard it's wonderful. <laughs> so thanks for letting me know about it. Um, I'm drinking uh, ice water, filtered ice water. Uh, I'm trying to lose some weight, so I'm trying to do the uh, do the right thing. But like Aka, I'm a uh, avid coffee drinker, and my preference is actually Colombian as opposed to Brazilian. And uh, yeah. Uh, what was the third? I'm sorry, the third question? Was I
1: asked. want to know what you're up to. What's, uh, you haven't been on radio with me for a couple months and I'm wondering what oh. is going on with you at, in sales technology.
4: I'm sorry. So uh, Aka and I actually are working together uh, quite a bit um, in that um, we're still uh, rolling out LinkedIn across SAP globally and uh, uh, some other tools to help with social advocacy. And uh, the program is going you know, quite well. We're also uh, looking at tools that help uh, once you have an established customer, uh, making sure that you keep them happy and, and satisfied. So we're, we've got some tools now that we're implementing uh, in the post-sales area. And there's a, there's a real opportunity for social selling to now, now really become digital media, as we're starting to call it, because once you've uh, met a customer... Or, or made a customer, you still want to stay in contact with them. You still want to be an industry expert. You still want to be the go-to person. So it's not just pre-sales. It's now also we're looking at it how it's post-sales. So Thank we're you kind for of figuring out much. how to take what we've learned and, and take it to the next level.
1: Thank you, Phil. Good to reconnect with you. You're always welcome on Game Changers. Always nice to have you. And Aka, we're going around the table. We didn't take a break, so I'm going to pick something from your notes here I think is very interesting. We were talking with Bryn a moment ago about warm introductions. Well, I've got the word cold in one of your statements, so let me start with that. You say, IBM's preference study indicated that cold calls are 97% ineffective with decision makers. Aka, let's talk about how doing warm introductions, how doing your homework, tweaking those searches on LinkedIn will help get around these ineffective cold calls. Aka, talk to us for about two minutes, and then we'll see what Bryn and Phil have to s- to add to your topic. Go ahead.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think the example you gave of what a warm introduction looks like is quite spot on. Um, it's, it's all about finding what is, um, what is the other person's interest and connecting dots. Um, and exactly as uh, as Bryn uh, put it, um, LinkedIn takes away the serendipity of it. So had you not met your friend um, on that particular day, you might have still been looking for uh, people. So if you take the serendipity away and put a little bit of AI magic behind,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, the dots get connected a lot quicker and a lot better. Um, cold calling is has been an age-old thing that salespeople have been told to do, uh, pushed to do, uh, given targets on. And what really ends up happening is that you're given a list and you're given a a target of 10 people, 20, 30, 40 calls to make. Um, Whereas what's not being measured is the fact that nobody's really answering on the other end of the call. So what's the point of it? Why waste three hours of a salesperson's day in asking them to make these calls when nobody's going to answer? So, take take the serendipity away and put a little bit of um, kind of algorithmic magic behind uh, perhaps knowing somebody and asking them, "Hey, Phil, do you mind introducing me to Bryn? And um, there's, there's something that I think uh, we could do together and work on a certain project together that bec- that could bring a lot of value to her. Here's what I um, think uh, could be could be a, a kind of useful starting point for you to take. You're welcome to copy paste this email and uh, take it away and send it to Bryn if you'd like. And that takes away the, um, the kind of whether they'll answer or not. And it makes it a lot more um, possible for Bryn to respond to me because I've, I've kind
1: of made sure that the introduction is coming from a source that she trusts as well. Right. Thank you. It, it it really all boils down to being people, doesn't it, Akka? Being human beings, we want to be respected. We want to be thought about. We want to be liked. We want to be trusted. We want to know that we're dealing with people we can respect and like and trust. Am I, am I right about closing that loop of why warm introductions and, and referrals really work?
2: Absolutely. I mean, if, if you trust uh, Phil and Phil makes a recommendation, you know that it's coming from a good place. So absolutely, he knows, he knows your skill set and he's matching that accordingly. So there's, there's mutual trust in,
1: um, in, in that relationship that takes it forward. I always trust Phil Lurie. <laughs> Phil just wanted you to know. I had to <laughs> get that really out there. That Bryn Tillman, I always trust you too. Bryn, please comment on the statistic that akka shared through this IBM study. Do you agree or disagree? And talk to me. Well, you can't disagree with a statistic, I think, especially the study
3: by IBM. But there are a bunch of other statistics that I rely on as well. One of them is that there are decision-makers on every enterprise sales. And that's a statistic that comes out of Challenger Sale, which is now Gartner. Uh, and so that means that you know, often we are going after one or two people in an organization, but there are four, five, six others that may be involved in the decision-making. And another thing that LinkedIn can do beyond that warm introduction is allow you to identify through searching who those other people are, and then begin to socially surround them. And there are a couple ways to do that. I'm going to throw out one. There are many ways to do this, but one Mm -hmm. of them is once you've identified those names, take them to your internal champion or the person that you're working with and say, here are five other people inside of your organization that I'd love to engage with. And Mm -hmm. either ask them to make introductions or even say, is it okay if I mention that we're working together? And now you can reach out specifically some of these other folks that are going to influence in the decision-making process on you know what vendor they're going to choose, and you now have the ability to share insights and education and thought leadership, which leads to the second stat, which is a corporate vision stat, which is 74% of buyers choose the vendor that educated them early and the best. So if we can combine that to those two mindsets, All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. LinkedIn becomes one of the most incredibly powerful tools to find the people, to engage those folks, and uh, to really get uh, champions internally inside of companies that they may not even know that this is going to be on their desk in three weeks, but now they know you and they know the value you can bring.
1: Thank you. So well put, Bryn. Phil Lurie, agree, disagree, and any examples you'd like to share?
4: Oh, great. Uh, There were two points I really wanted to to come back to, Mm because I I, I agree with pretty much everything I heard. One of the things is that uh, the whole idea of of cold calling uh, versus a warm introduction. Uh, The analogy I love, and I think I might have used it before, so I apologize to people who've heard it before, but if you're at a dance and uh, you see someone of the opposite sex that you would like to meet, and you have a friend who knows that person, male or female, It's a lot easier if you get an introduction than you try to walk over and introduce yourself. You probably, if you've got the right gumption, you might be able to do that, but most people are a little bit on the shy side, and a warm introduction makes things so much easier. So I love that analogy. The other thing is, uh, with respect to cold calling, uh, back in May, a new law went into effect in the European markets, Mm -hmm. uh, the GDPR, which is uh, uh, General Data Protection Regulations, and uh, it's actually made cold calling illegal uh, for, for people because it's violating their privacy. Uh, so these new privacy laws are actually probably going to start you know, trickling over into other parts of the world. But we're already facing the fact. The great news is that LinkedIn Sales Navigator uh, it has passed all muster and is considered to be perfectly fine as, an, as a means We're reaching people that you don't know because everyone in the the network has opted in by virtue of how they signed up. So we found that uh, we can continue using uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And as a matter of fact, we're finding a lot more interest in it in in our company because marketing folks who used to use mailing lists and and phone lists are now looking at how do we we go one-on-one to reach people. So we're looking at that. And if it goes back to what we are talking about earlier, about how much time you should spend on it, on, on social media, uh, I agree completely with the maintenance mode of being, you know, probably 10 minutes per day. Uh, that's a good thing, uh, like brushing your teeth. But if you're starting a campaign and you're really working on something, I think it goes back to the four or five hours. But we've decided that uh, we don't want our people spending their full time on social media. We want them spending part of their time because, you know, once you've met connections, and you know you should be using traditional methods of of reaching out to them. So, uh, we, you know, you have to manage your time, and like anything else in life, and proper balance is important. So, I agree with what what I've heard before. Uh, but when you're you know starting a campaign and you're trying something new, you you probably are heads down on it for a while, but then get back to the maintenance mode as soon as possible.
1: Thank you, Phil. Great insights, and I love your dance analogy because. As a newcomer to Durham, North Carolina, less than a year ago, I'm a ballroom dancer and I met some people through, uh, I was taking some lessons and my dance instructor would, and friends of hers would go around to the men at the social dances on Sunday afternoon and say, this is Bonnie, she just moved here from New York, she doesn't know anybody, would you please invite her to do this, Lindy, or would you invite her to do this, Waltz? And that's how I met people. Warm introductions, right there on the dance floor. It was a little embarrassing at first, but they actually knew how to do it very well, Phil. So I love your dance metaphor, okay? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it worked. I, I had another. I had another word for what they were doing for me, but I'm not going to use it on polite radio. So we'll move on. Thank you very much, Aka. Great introductory topic. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm looking at Bryn's topics here. Brin statements and Brin. Here's something I think is a key to what we're trying to convey to our audience. Tips, tricks, strategies. You say sales professionals need to convert their LinkedIn profile. Everybody listen up. From a resume to a resource. Here's the key. Bryn says, your buyers do not care about your mission, your passion, the number of years you are in business. They care about how you can help them. Bryn, this is almost like upending everything we've learned. You're supposed to, my passion and my mission. I mean, it becomes a, a, a almost a poetic license for people. Uh, I see the resumes all the time for, for guests on Game Changers Radio. And they spend half the resume talking about their passion and their mission and how they care about this and care about that. But they never quite get to, I'm here to help you. So how do we get around this in social? Bryn, talk to me.
3: Uh, Yeah, so this is one of my favorite lines, and I've been saying this for years. It's uh, so powerful when you think about this. Mm -hmm. It's really about offering insights and thought leadership. I'm going to take it back to that corporate visions quote that 74% of buyers choose vendors that educate them. That's a paraphrase. So why are we not educating them from the very first moment that we're connecting? and that we're engaging. And what better way to do that than to do that inside of our LinkedIn profile? And so I am a huge fan of talking about, like, in your summary. But well, let's start with headline. First of all, the headline needs to say who and how you help mm-hmm. so that they resonate with you. Because if it just says sales rep at SAP, nobody knows. Well, they may know at SAP, but in general, in most companies, nobody knows what it is that you do, right? So you want to make sure that you start with a headline that's compelling Uh, And I like I-N-G words like transforming or helping or guiding, Mm -hmm. you know, the person you help to do something. And it's like this moment of I resonate with this or I don't. And if I do, that's sort of like a qualifier for them to keep reading. And when they keep reading, what we want to do first is connect with the challenge they're facing. That's what we do in sales. If we are in sales on LinkedIn, we should do the similar thing. So here's the challenge that you're facing. Here are some vendor agnostic insights, meaning you don't have to hire me to get value from reading this. However, those insights will lead to my solution if you are going down that path. And now you're seen as a subject matter expert and a thought leader, not a salesperson. You're really seen as a valuable person to them. And I believe the number one goal of social selling is to get more phone calls with targeted buyers. And so you want to make sure that your profile is working toward that solution, which is more phone calls with targeted buyers. So if they say, I learned so much from this profile that I cannot wait to have a phone call to learn more.
1: And so when Thank you take
3: you. that position, mm-hmm. it's a game changer.
1: <laughs> that's, that's why we're here. That's exactly why we're here. And I have another game changer in your notes. But let's go around the table quickly. Lurie, agree or disagree with what Bryn just shared with us, please. Oh,
4: absolutely. (laughs) Uh, You know, you're really just, I'm going to be repetitive, but yeah, absolutely. She's, uh, you know, she's right on. Uh, I think that uh, with social, um, the idea of your being a salesperson um, is, is probably a negative. And, um, and it's, it's a bad thing <laughs> because it, it, it really is an honored profession. I know I, t- I teach marketing. People don't want to, it, even though they're really in sales to a certain extent, they want to take it. Um, I think that um, this, this is the experience I've had. People who I'm helping with resumes, my students, um, I've, t- I've advised them to follow the same advice as Bryn, which is uh, talk about how you've helped people in your career. And I found that's even more effective when you're a job hunter. People want – it's not just when you want to talk to someone as a potential uh, vendor or supplier. It's also a potential employee. And if you think about it, most companies now work in teams, and you're always part of a team. And uh, team players help each other succeed. So your your participation in teams is, is a valuable asset. And if you're helping other people, that's a kind of an indication that you'd be a good team player – so I think it's it's more than just when you're trying to establish yourself as the industry expert. Uh, mm-hmm. that I, I think that adds more in, in, when you actually say that I've helped customers or people solve these types of problems and be specific if, if you can, because someone might read that and say, "I need someone who can do that problem," and or the, the, from the hiring perspective, or "I need that solution." You know, I need I want to talk to that expert. Uh, so it's uh, beyond the what we were talking about before, uh, getting a warm introduction. It's why do I want to talk to that person? Ah, because they've solved this problem and I need someone like that. So I, I agree completely with the part where uh, Bryn said that uh, we want to educate people from the start. Uh, I don't know if you want to give them all the answers right up front, but you want them to think that you're the person who can help them solve their problems.
1: Thank you very much, Phil. Great insights. Akka, we're coming around the table to you. You've been listening patiently. Agree or disagree with what Bryn has said? Go ahead.
2: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I have a very small analogy to make if you've got the time. Yes. Um, there's a friend of mine who I went to school with, um, primary school with, but I don't know how many years ago. And um, she, I haven't spoken to her in about 15 years. Uh, she has now moved to Sri Lanka and runs a little resort uh, on the beach and takes her customers um, hiking around the mountains on elephant backs. Mm-hmm. So, I've spoken to her, I'm friends with her on social media, and I keep seeing posts from her about that. So, I'm aware of what she does all the time. She's updating us with all, all that she does. Um, about 16 months, 18 months ago, a colleague of mine was going to Sri Lanka, and because I'm from India, they just asked me, hey, have you been to Sri Lanka before, and any tips? And I was like, actually, I haven't met my friend in 15 years, but I know that she has a resort in this little town. And I'm sure she'd be delighted to have you and uh, take you around elephant back riding um, on the mountains. This is the power of being a subject matter expert. So you're not selling your trade. You're just kind of making sure you're top of mind as the subject matter expert on something. So now I know anytime any of my friends want to go to Sri Lanka, I send her to that one lady who runs the resort and takes people elephant back riding across the mountains.
1: I love it. I absolutely so- love it. It's a That's a great story. <laughs> we o- we always have time for people's stories here on Game Changers, Aka. Thank you very much. And Bryn, I'm not going to come back to you to wrap this up because I want to squeeze in. I think we need a part two on this topic. I We've just barely scratched the surface, but we're doing some good work here. Phil Lurie, I'm looking at your notes here, and a couple of things come to mind. You say, listen before you speak. You know the old adage about having two ears and one mouth for a reason. No single tool can support a social media a solid social media campaign. You need tools to listen, to find connections, to connect and to build your brand. How do you advocate listening before you speak? And all quotes around that Phil if we're talking about social selling. Just give us a about a minute and a half and then I'm going to see what Aka and uh, Bryn have to say.
4: Well, there uh, there are a couple tools that we use, and number one is is LinkedIn Sales Navigator. But uh, many of the tools uh, that we use are trying to see, uh, listen for clues uh, about who potential customers are in terms of uh, if they're raising questions, uh, and uh, before you reach out to someone, you should look at their profile uh, before you uh, you know send them a note. Uh, actually, before most people I know, before they uh, have a meeting with someone they haven't met before they'll look at the person's uh, LinkedIn profile to see who they are. so those are elements of listening a uh, little bit more it's a it's a common courtesy like you did before this call to to look up the biographies of the people that you're mm-hmm. about to talk to or you're talking about it, it's more than uh, maybe it's not a common but it's a it's a courtesy uh, it should be more common so uh, you should know you know speak uh, after you've listened to what the problems are because to sound like an expert and to be an expert, you really should try to narrow down what you're saying to what's relevant to the person you're talking to. So that's where uh, listening first is, is useful. And how do you do that? Well, Sales Navigator has the ability to look at what, what the person, uh, their company is doing, what they're saying, uh, what they're saying about themselves, uh, what they might have published, what they're saying in groups. Uh, So you've got an opportunity to do that. And some of the other tools that we use for social selling or social media uh, are are good social listening tools. They're specifically out there listening uh, to see, you know, listen for clues. So uh, a little bit more research before you, you know, before you head out the road on the road.
1: So the mantra would be, patience, my child. Patience, do your homework, right? Always do your homework. Thank you, Phil. Aka, love to get some brief comments from you on what Phil just shared. Then we'll wrap that up with Bryn. And then, Aka, I'll come back to you in about two minutes and ask you to start our predictions crystal ball round. So, Aka, thoughts on what Phil shared, please.
2: Sounds like a plan. Um, I actually had a very interesting statistic that kind of would go with what Phil just said about uh, listening before you speak. Um, which is that about 77% of the buyers, which are kind of senior decision makers at a company, think believe that salespeople, and I guess that sales is a dirty word, but salespeople mm. do not believe they understand their business. Mm. So listen to uh, your customers before you reach out to them. Don't approach a customer and say congratulations on the M&A when they actually sold the company. Um, so listen before you reach out to your customer watch out for trends Uh, are they bullish Uh, is the company making money are they thinking about laying off people Uh, if we think about companies like uh, your Netflix Amazon Spotify Tesla for uh, crying out loud it is so customized to what I want to see and um, kind of what they think that I'm missing in my portfolio right now so they're listening buy on tweets? Mm-hmm.
1: Very well put. Thank you very much. Bryn, quick comments before we go back to Aka for predictions. Go ahead, Bryn.
3: Yeah, so beyond listening, there are some productivity tools that you should actually consider as well because I think that was the original question was kind of around that. And so obviously Sales Navigator is a huge piece, but I have some Chrome extensions like Auto Text Expander that helps to store all my templates so I don't have to retype things all the time. Mm. And I have a calendar syncing link, so if someone wants to schedule 15 minutes with me, they
1: have access to do that. And so there are some additional tools that make LinkedIn even more productive. Thank you very much. I think we see a part two on this discussion in our future. I don't know what the rest of you think, but I think that's where we're going to go. Phil, just say I yes or no. It. Part two, Bryn's in. Ak, are you in? I'm in. Okay, good. I'll, I'll schedule it for a different series with the, uh, even a different audience, and we'll, we'll see where we go with it. But, Aka, we are running a little bit tight on time, my fault, nobody else's, and I'd love for you to give us a 60-second prediction of – What do you think will change if not by the time we have our our part two discussion, which will be hopefully in a couple of months, but let's say between 2020 and 2021, let's do that. What will change about relationship building and specifically the tools on LinkedIn? Aka, one minute. Go ahead.
2: Um, What will change? I think what uh, what will fundamentally change is the
1: expectations from
2: the buyer. Uh, The buyer will expect That the salesperson, the consultant, the subject matter expert are absolutely aware of what they can offer to the customer and what the customer needs to buy from them. So there will be a fundamental expectation from all buyers that the salespeople have done their homework.
1: Thank you very much. That would certainly change things, wouldn't it, if you actually believe the salesperson knows what they're talking about. We'll just leave that one on the table for future discussion. We can only hope, Cam one. Bryn Tillman, talk to me. 60 seconds. What have you got to say? So I
3: think predictions, although we're already seeing it start, is the explosion of video. And I think personalized video and connecting, there's this human-to-human connection that's fill the gap in social, and I think video can bridge that gap. So my prediction is that video is going to really be a primary communication source.
1: I, I like that prediction a lot because we have done a couple of shows uh, I think on this series as well as on our Think Big Work Small which is focused on SMEs SMB small to mid-sized businesses and we talk about video a lot in terms of the power and how it's not expensive anymore and how you don't need a professional studio to do it and how do you train people to be comfortable enough to do an authentic video that's not going to be slam bam we're selling something and sign up here Mr. or ma'am so I like like that kind of thing uh anyway very interesting i'm glad you brought that up and phil lurie i saved 60 seconds for you so what have you got to predict for me today
4: well i I predicted the video thing a while ago and i agree uh, completely but here are my new predictions first of all uh, i think that marketing is going to get a lot more involved in uh, in social selling we're probably not going to want to call it social selling probably want to call it digital media or something like that and the second thing is especially with what i just said uh analytics we're going to need to get better analytics. People are really going to want to measure the success of campaigns that we're doing in social. And we've got some information now, and we're, we're going to see that develop even more.
1: Thank you very much. And a quick uh, question for Aka from your perspective, your vantage point at LinkedIn. Are we seeing more, quote-unquote, forgive the term, young people wanting to go into B2B sales, using social because of the fun and the excitement and the tools that are available to them today to do the job well? Are you seeing, I don't know if you have any age-related demographics, but quickly, are you seeing seeing it skew toward the younger person rather than the tried and true long-term professional salesperson?
2: Uh, I don't have any statistics, but um, it, it's a very personality-type-based uh, response, I guess. Uh, young people find it more easy uh, and it's, it's kind of uh, what they've grown up with. Millennials have grown up with an expectation that uh, technology does certain things for them. Uh, and it's a matter of whether you like being efficient or not and whether you can get on board with change. So young people prefer it because they know it's got results. And uh, more,
1: more established professionals are seeing the benefit quicker um, than, uh, than the, we hoped. Thank you very much. That's exactly what I was going for. I've got 30 seconds to close, so I want to say thank you to my three extraordinary panelists. I've learned a lot. I know our listeners have. Shout-out to AJ. We call him AJ, but he's uh, Muhammad Arif at SAP who put this show together. Series sponsor, Kirsten Boylow Shout-out to you at Waterloo in Canada, wherever you are in the world today. Shout-out to Aaron, our intrepid and venerable engineer, even though he's very young, at World Talk Radio, the business channel. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Come on. Go out and establish relationships and do it right. If you're in B2B selling, social selling, digital media media selling, whatever you want to call it, go out and be a game changer today, just like Aka Petra and Costa at LinkedIn, just like Bryn Tillman at Social Sales Link, and of course, just like Phil Lurie at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back in one hour with another episode of Game Changing Conversations presented by SAP, 12 noon Eastern, right here on the Business Channel. Have a great one. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.